0: Thanks, as always, for listening to Fluff and Crunch. In this episode, Chris and I discuss some genres that we actually think are better for short story arcs, two to three sessions, or maybe even just one-offs. Thanks for listening to Fluff and Crunch, where we talk about the connection and sometimes disconnect between system, setting, and story in tabletop RPGs. Chris, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm, I'm tired today, uh, but whatever. That, that's, I guess, neither here nor there. Th- this will help.
1: Did you stay up watch late watching the conference final? But for you, they were at a reasonable time. Whereas they were only at silly they were times at
0: reasonable times. times. And the uh, oh, the wow. I'll, I'll the only thing I'll say is that the first of the two games was the saddest conference final I've ever seen because sadly we didn't get we really didn't get the game that I think everyone had hoped for. Uh, when you hack the head off the monster, like two plays into the game, it's it was just it was depressing. Uh, and, I, and not that I really had a horse in the race, I just wanted to see a good game. I saw a, the second game was very good, but
1: anyway, just that's life. I wanted to not see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, well, so I I didn't get my wish.
0: You did not get your wish, no. But I did have some good gaming this last weekend.
1: There you go. On.
0: I tested out. Uh, I had a I had a player missing, and then I had um, my friend John. He had players missing, and so we combined our groups. And uh, I did a play test of my expansion. I I I'm just about, and it'll have been out already for a few weeks by the time this drops. I'm a I'm about to finish and publish the first expansion to my fantasy rules in the making for 2d20 world builders. So we tested out some of the new spells and the spell rules and we tested out some of the monsters and it worked. It worked. I got some some I got some really good feedback that I incorporated and um and it it feels good that thus far my core assumptions about how to approach especially spells, it feels like thus far it's it's working. So that was good. It was fun. Good stuff. How about you?
1: Uh yeah, we played a, a third session now of of Brian's thing. And I think we'll rotate next time. Although we can't meet this week, so we have to kind of see whether Scott can do the next time or will it be back to mine. Um but it was good we've kind of wrapped up a lot of stuff we've been doing. We've been we'd had this mission we got given and then faffed around doing other stuff. So didn't get to it for two weeks and got to that. And then we went to this. was this big arena thing. So we went to a part of these arena activities. Um, and then both me and Scott got very annoyed, Brian was like, was oh, totally what would happen that we, uh, we're like uh, under the, I like guess essentially under the of this evil empire that we created, but it's like, he's like, he's next to this. They have this big city there, and we're all slaves outside the city. They're all sort of doing our own thing. Uh, they had the big arena fight and in the middle of this big, it was like a 32 man fight, uh, and Scott's a tiefling. So he has hellish rebukes. So halfway through this thing when fa- someone finally hit him, because Brian kept f- either attacking my character who seen more of a threat because they're like a big beefy fighter, or and not attacking Scott's weedy tieflin rope. So finally, someone hit Scott, so he cast hellish rebuke. And then Brian's like, all of the guards around the thing give you a funny look. And we were like, it'll be fine, because we'll just, you know, he's a tieflin. Surely they know this. And at the end of it, having won this event, and we'd like, we we were gonna get a good chunk of the pot, and we'd bet on ourselves as well. So we were gonna get like an absolute ton of money. Um, they clapped Scott in chains and started carting away. So you're a magic user, and we're like, well, he's not a magic user. He's a tiefling. It's, a, it's an inherent. <laughs> it's kind of like trying not to go too hard into the, the you know the actual rules of D and D. And then they put my character in chains, and I'm like, well, I'm not a magic. User. You're your friends with him. As uh, cart carted away, and that's how we left it. We were both like, that's not fair. You stitched us. <laughs> when we're put, when we're GMing again, we're screwing over your character. <laughs> He was like, well, you know, they don't like magic, and you use magic in front of him. It was like, so yeah, so that was funny. So hopefully, yeah, we'll see. So I think now he probably won't. He'll let us off. It, it won't be too bad because now we're like, we'll we'll pay you back. Of course, that doesn't really work because if we screw over his characters in the, when we're GMing, then he could do the same back, and then it could all be very petty. And, um, so that ho- hopefully won't happen. But yeah, it we sounds were. like you had fun though. We uh, up until the very very end point, yes, we were having lots of fun, and then it all went a bit no. Um, but uh, yeah, we're right because now we're going to have, we'll have a break for that and switch back to one of the other two of us. I can't imagine Scott, despite having had about two months of prep time at this point, will still not have anything prepared for the next two weeks. Oh, hopefully. So it will probably go back to me doing a dungeon crawl. Because I've been trying to plan it out an, like, an overarching story that I'm heading towards. So I've been jotting down ideas so of where these dungeon crawls are going to go. But it's just ideas for the moment. Well, there's our gaming. Good deal. Good deal. I want to throw really quick. This will be really out of date at this point and maybe we should do another special episode, but as as of time of recording, the OGL Fury should now be done because Wizards just literally on Friday said, uh, yeah, we're just going to stick with 1.0, but here have the Creative Commons license for yeah. 1.5 anyway. Um, still don't know what the new version of D is. That, That's right. the one thing they've said. They're not going to repeal it. They haven't said... What will happen with one D and D? But anything to do with that would be pure speculation now. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I, I have my, uh, I've got my hunches, but I'm going to keep those to myself, or at least not record them here. So we'll we'll see. But for me, it's uh, okay. Yeah, that's great. See what happens, and and it actually doesn't affect anything that I'm doing, playing, planning, writing, or anything like that. So, but good for uh, other people. It, it seems like this is a good thing for folks who have a um uh a financial stake in this.
1: Yeah, there's an awful lot of posts on YouTube where you know, we won. Okay. We beat them and stuff like that. Okay. Um good good for you if that's how you feel.
0: You know, there was this this great awful scene in the awful movie Starship Troopers where uh the one uh the one female trooper was like yay we won. Yeah and I'm like the bug's gonna kill her. Bug's gonna kill her. And then right through her, like, like the 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 queen sticking its spike, the queen alien right through uh, uh, the android, and then ripping him in half. (laughs) Aliens was right there. So um, that's the only indication that I'll give as to my my views. But anyway, you're right. It will be grossly. What speaking of
1: aliens? Speaking of aliens, what a segue! uh, What a segue! We're going to talk
0: about. And talk about games, rather, not so much games, but um, genres, that are, we believe, probably better suited for one-offs or short story arcs. And the reason why we think it's useful to talk about this is just to give you something to think about as you're looking at a genre and you're thinking, "Oh, I'd love to run this." To have in mind as you're planning it, okay, I deliberately only want to run this as a one off or maybe two sessions or three sessions, but it is a clearly limited arc as opposed to what seems to be the default of I'm going to run this until we get tired of it. That some things are, we think, are probably just better to deliberately plan to be short duration based on genre.
1: We've so- done episodes on already on kind of like, the differences between campaigns Mm. and one shots and how certain things are, you know, how you have to treat them differently. We've already, we've, you know, go back, look at our our backlog, particularly if you're new, go back and check those out. But yeah, this came from, we were talking about one particular genre, which we'll get to. um, And I was saying, actually, I'm not convinced this works as a long format game at all. And then no. we just mentioned we're trying to think of no, I'll, little I'll
0: little just throw way. this out there, just in case. Although it does not seem that uh, our listeners don't seem to get kick-started. That That is like um, the old use of the term, in my from my sense of like, don't seem to get pissed off about things and like twitchy and angry like easily. At least if they do, I have not heard. Um, but. I think, uh, obviously, there are going to be outliers. There are going to be people who, based on the story that a GM comes with and the players, uh, what they're interested in doing, they're obviously going to be outliers. So we're just talking in in general and from our our perspective here. You're going to say, go for it.
1: Now, let's stick with our segue. Let's go with horror. Okay, we'll go with horror. We'll stick with horror. Um, I'm going to give a really good example of this straight off the bat because we're saying horror, and we've mentioned Alien, that the Alien role-playing game straight off the bat comes with a, a, a an idea of that you have a campaign mode and you have a cinematic mode, and the cinematic yes. mode is designed as a one-off. And the majority of stuff they've released, you know, they've released, a, they've I know they've released a Marines book, mm-hmm. and they've released some other stuff, but two of their biggest releases have been big cinematic adventures, which are designed to be played, you know, not in one yep. session, but they're designed to be played in a couple of sessions, and then that's it. Yep. Yeah, and the uh, the
0: destroyer of worlds campaign, which is a marine-based campaign, comes in a box, has some really outstanding materials in it. Production quality is great, but it is meant to be a a it's a movie. Yeah, and that's it. And it is yeah. meant to have a start, and it has a clear middle, and it has a clear you know uh, climax, and it then it ends.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've I've run I've run that, and I've run. Oh, the one when well, they released like a starter box thing right at the start, and there was, was sort of one yeah. in that. And I, I've run that, and both times they—I mean, both times I did multiple TPKs. I essentially killed mm-hmm. one party's worth of, and, and this is when also okay, I only have two players. They were both times running multiple characters, and the first time I went through the entire crew of one ship, and then the crew of another ship. Yep. And then when I did it with the marines, similar thing. I like took out a good chunk of the marines, and then took out all the marines, and then they had an option to play backup marines for like to carry the adventure on. And we were just like, nah, we'll just end it here. So, and that, I and that wasn't a bad thing. Both times we had a really, really good time. And it was also quite refreshing as a GM kind of going, I don't have to pull my punches. I don't have right. to maybe fudge my dice or like be a bit nice here. I can just throw everything at them as those rules as written of the book. And if they all die, then hopefully they went out in a blaze of glory because yeah, the, the stories tension. The
0: the stories are built with the intention of them being high intensity because they're short-term. Yeah. And I think that one-off, and, and I mean the line, the blurry line between a one-off, like is a one-off truly one session, like one sitting? Or is it a, you know, a couple of sessions that are in, but it's two or three sessions, maybe four. It's meant to be like, this is it. And there is a clear end in mind. Either way, I mean, maybe you can use them interchangeably. Um, but my thought is that these things, they don't involve any kind of experience. That is, if the game has an experience system, there is going to be no, there will be no experience gained, used, there will be no advancement during this. What you've got character-wise is what you've got. And that may even extend to like equipment and things like that. It could be really limited in that respect. But, um, I think it's, I mean, Hey, I, I think those kinds of things are, are great. You know, and if something is made to be like that, terrific. And I think that you're right. The adventures like the um, – char- what, what was it called? Was it called yeah, it Charity? Like, the-
1: it, yeah, I think it was Charity of the Gods.
0: Charity of the Gods, and then there was the um, – yeah, Destroyer of only- Worlds, you mentioned. Destroyer of the Worlds, and then there was the I- other short adventure with aliens that uh, – Alien that was um, Hadley's Last Hope. It took place on LV-426, and it, it was the story of the – when the aliens were brought back by that family and destroyed the colony and, and those are all made to be like that and if you look at them to 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 as that and you play them with those that intention in mind they're great where does then with aliens specifically where do you
1: see that because i think you and i are on the same page on this where does the trouble come in i mean the kind of i don't know if the campaign rules change massively but essentially you've kind of got this combination in, in the cinematic thing maybe the I don't think it is lessened in the camp in the campaign rules because I don't think it has a separate set of rules. I think it's here's the rules and you know there's slight yeah in the
0: the original in the core book there's really there's not a lot. I mean there's the advancement system, uh, but yeah. other than that there's really not a lot explaining that the, in a way that changes the rules. It's more like hey just run
1: this with more story and try not to kill the characters so quickly. Yeah, you mostly have this sort of stress mechanic that as the, as the, as the, as the characters get damaged, as scary things happen, they get more and more stressed. Yeah. Now, as they get more stressed, they get to do cooler things, but there is more chance of them freezing or yep. them just going crazy and shooting their teammates. I mean, half the times when people die, they were being shot by teammates both times over on. Yeah. It. Um, and then you have things where, like, instead of running away, the character just freezes and they can't run away, and so then they get easily killed. Um, but also, the aliens themselves are absolute wrecking machines. That, you know, yeah, they the, are. You know, this is not... I mean, you go back and watch the films. If you know the films, you know this to be the case, that yes, in aliens, the Marines plow through tons of aliens. But even well, then, I, the first time the Marines go down into there, half of them die. You, you they, they are left with, you know, yep. the civilians, and then three or four Marines, or some of which are heavily injured. Um, so, in that so case, the- in an, and all the other films, there's one alien pretty much. Well, there Can't are no other ways with the entire. Thing. We don't, we don't, we don't proceed beyond aliens. But uh, even I in don't. Alien, it's one alien that takes we, out the entire crew except right. for Ripley and a cat.
0: I, I, think, and I think herein, this is where we can take a specific and we can draw out a a generality that I think. Is definitely a, a applicable to you know we, we we file Alien under horror. It's science fiction. It's horror that takes place in a science fiction setting. But the movies, most of them have a a strong horror um, like element to them. And the first one, flat out, is a horror movie. Yeah. Um. The one of the tropes of horror storytelling is that there's there's got to be high stakes. Yeah. And and for us, I think the thing that makes horror as a genre, I mean us as in people, um, the the thing that makes it horrible is that the stakes are mortality and sanity, most often mortality, like something horrible happening to you, and then then we add like Cthulhu and whatnot, you have sanity. And so those are high stakes, and the problem is if you blunt those, then you lose what makes the genre the genre, um, but on the other hand, if you take them seriously, you just don't have, you you gut their, the value of them as high-value tropes because, well, my character keeps surviving. I mean, that just seems silly. So I think here that the, the trouble with horror is that in order to play it right with those high stakes, you're going to burn through characters or you're going to eat up the characters to the point that they become, like, not that effective you know, like Cthulhu, uh, Delta Green, these systems that build in like sanity mechanics, there's a point at which you just have to accept that your character loses it and now your character's gone. Now, maybe you as a player, you're just like, oh, I'll just use recyclable characters. But I still think that that even yeah. undercuts the the gut punch that the the trope of that genre, that high high stakes presents and what makes it actually a special thing. So horror has horror's got this, This um, it doesn't have a lot of mileage over the short term because it's like a drag race, not like some kind of like yeah. 500 laps
1: race. I mean, obviously people do play Call of Cthulhu, but if you were going to play a Call of Cthulhu campaign, you mm-hmm. have to expect that at some point, like you said, either the players are not being threatened, in which case it's not scary, right, or they're going to die or and or go mad. Right. And then their cousin Bartholomew comes in and then it's like, yeah. well, and like you said, you... then, then, then what's the point of that now? Right. I'm well, sure super expert people playing long, you know, play Call of Cthulhu because I knew people who like only ever played Call of Cthulhu. That was their role. Right. And that was what they played they played it again and again. Um, And maybe if you're an expert on it, that's, uh, you can manage yeah, there's
0: that. There's always, there's always people who find ways to their satisfaction and it's not yeah. like there's a wrong way to do it. I'm just... I, just think well, it, I think I think I think then
1: maybe it's more of a mystery game and less of a horror. So, I think because I was we Good were trying point. to think we were talking about like you know this in, in in film and TV, and like in film, every example we come up with like a horror series, we kind of made the point at some point it's the law of diminishing returns. Because either, yeah, it, either it's something like Nightmare on Elm Street or Halloween or Friday the 13th, where the bad guy keeps coming back and the cast keeps changing, and then those become silly because well, how this guy keeps dying, how to keep coming back, or it's something like let's say the Scream series where the main character keeps surviving, but how many times do different people have to come after the same person before it starts getting just very, very silly. Now TV, we didn't really have a good example. We said like supernatural and, and Buffy, but they're not really like, I mean, Buffy's not really horror. You know, it has horror elements. It it, it has horror horror trappings for the sake of having a, an action, uh, teenage soap opera. Yeah. But like you said, supernatural, supernatural is really a monster of the week thing. And you could argue more that's, you know, so Scooby-Doo, it's not a yeah. horror. It, it You can say it's a mystery thing. There's a mystery. They have to solve the mystery, but is there really a threat there? No. Now, if you play Call of Cthulhu like that, where there's a mystery to solve, then that's how you can run a long thing. And so very yeah. rarely do you come up against genuinely scary monsters. You know, maybe that's once a season, if we think in TV terms. Once a season, you might come up against a big, scary thing. that, And then that's maybe when you have a risk of people dying. But you, and you ran for the whole season and the rest of it was simple mysteries and simple things. And there was no real risk there. And when you're building to something then maybe you can do, do that. But then, you know, is that, is that horror? It's a very yeah. slow burn horror if it is. yeah. Um, and so, and maybe that's the way you have to go. If you're trying to do a campaign of horror, maybe you have to go more mystery than, because if you're doing straight up proper horror, like you said, it's got to be high stakes, which means yep. people are going to die.
0: Yep. And oh, once God. and and, and when, once there's I think once there's a sense among the players that they are they they their characters are are somehow not answerable to this. They're more equal than everyone else. Now now Delta Green. Uh, Delta Green, uh, your your characters can lose, you know, they can go insane and how problems. The the big thing though, the stakes that Delta green inflicts on the characters more and through them, the players is loss of relationships, you know, breakdown of family and all this stuff. In fact, it's actually quite horrible. You know, for me, actually, I would not be interested in playing that long-term because you're like, you know, there's enough of that going on in the real world. The last (laughs) thing I want to do is like, wow, that sounds horrible. I think I'll spend my leisure time like simulating horribleness. (laughs) <laughs> you know, you hear about like, you know, your friends getting divorced and you're like, that's awful. And then you're like, hey, let's let's simulate that at the at our game table. Like that sounds to me, that sounds awful. Um and uh again though, I, I think I think that horror is a really tough one to do right over the long term. So yeah. either you either you break down, you dull the tropes that make it what it is, because they are they are so intense. Or you accept that, hey, we can do this and we can have a great time with it, but this is going to be a, a short story arc. And I think that's maybe maybe the value of this episode is giving people some just some food for thought to think about, okay, what things should I consider as fodder for a long campaign versus a short campaign in order to get the best out of that genre? What is another one? Actually, it's the one that precipitated uh, the, the interest in doing this episode. You
1: brought yeah. this up. So the one I brought up was the idea of supers. Um, yeah. And obviously this is something we've talked We've you know, we've done entire episodes on why supers is hard to do a role playing system for. Yes. We've done episodes talking about the the train wreck. That was the new Marvel system, which is potentially better now. Um, we talked about how maybe how we would do it in 2d 20. So we spent a lot of time talking at supers, but we talked about more of the mechanics I and mean, the mechanics. And it popped into my head the other day that after all my, fo- all our focus is always on how supers is really, really hard to, as a, as a system. Um, that actually, if you look at it in the story and setting, I'm not sure Supers is a particularly brilliant, like setting or a story. Again, over the long term. Yeah, I agree. Now, again, there's exceptions to this. You know, X Men works really well as a, a dramatic long-term thing, but arguably, to me, X Men is a soap opera. It's a bunch of people living in this mansion with each other, having really relationships, and 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 every week there's something yep. that happens. That they go and deal with that and then they come back and carry on bicking with each other and have different relationships and stuff. It's it's um, a little buffy-ish, or maybe is, buffy's it's very, a little yeah, x ish yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very, very much like that. And that's that's a different kind of thing. So, you know, and people have said that uh what's the name of it? That there's a I know there's a power by the apocalypse on masks that people always gone on about it being a really good superhero thing because they say it's based on things like young justice and and Titans and that kind of thing, the young, angsty people together, and it right. really it's not about superheroes, it's about relationships and and teen angst again. So yeah, back to Buffy. The superheroes,
0: that's that's just those are just plot devices to throw in to make those other to 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 cast ripples into that pond. The pond is the soap opera.
1: Yeah. And the same I mean with like the 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 Smallville role-playing game, literally that was how it worked. You had you had relationship maps. And so actually the whole thing was about, you know, your characters did things based on their values and your relationships with other characters. Uh, and that's what it was. It was a teen drama role. So then game.
0: so let's talk about your your traditional, like four color golden age of comics, two-fisted
1: superheroes yeah. type of thing. Why is that so hard? And and I so, agree with you. And so I think Mike's, you know, if I look at somewhere like, you know, the classic with Spider-Man, Batman, to some extent, you could argue that a different way. Um and then Superman is that I think these are very reactive characters and almost every single thing is there's a bad guy and he's doing something. So you're, you know, they, they might happen in, you know, someone's stealing something oh you stop them stealing, but they get away and then you can, oh then it's going to a bigger plot and you stop them. Um Chairface Chippendale wants to write his name across the surface of the moon. What are you going to yeah. do about it? Yeah. Um, and that's kind of, and then that's repeated ad infinitum. I mean, how mm-hmm. many times has Batman stopped the Joker? How many times has, Has Peter Parker, you know, got in trouble with a girlfriend because he went out to stop the Green Goblin? These stories have repeated for, you know, 50 plus years in in some of these cases. Uh, Now, occasionally they do do more, you know, big and different and interesting things. But the vast majority of superheroes do have these reactive stories where a bad guy does something. The superhero reacts to that uh, and then they solve it and then we come back to the the new norm now.
0: It's like the, the bad guy comes in and disrupts the status quo yeah. and the superhero is there to, re- to stop the bad guy and by doing so restore balance. In other words, yeah. restore the, the, the status quo.
1: Now, again, that's not saying you cannot run a campaign for superheroes because obviously you can, but I don't think you can run it on the same way we think of in something like D&D. You certainly often don't have the same character progression. I mean, you know, Spider-Man right. is the, the thing that changed with Spider-Man. His powers haven't really changed massively in his whole comic book. Batman's haven't really changed. Superman's haven't really changed. Occasionally we get a character, you know, the yeah, original Wolverine Robin, doesn't, I mean, really, yeah. He he doesn't, really, doesn't, yeah. Like he you get the old character, claws. like the sidekicks, which over time have had to grow up and become their own heroes. Right. And that's more of a DC thing because they had child superheroes and Marvel tends to stay away from yeah. them. But that's kind of it. Mostly, you know, we don't see we don't see power progression. We might see progression in their private lives. We might see massively different, like, you know, Tony Stark's gone through multiple suits of armor and lost his business and got it back multiple times. And I think he's been secretary to his state for defense and he's paid for the Avengers and then lost his money and he's had alcoholism and, Sure. but a lot of that stuff it's, it, again, if we, everything I just talked through it's all his non-superhero stuff. That's Correct. where he has character growth. It's the non-superhero things. In terms of superheroes, he's He's fought the Mandarin and Ironmonger and other people. Well, not the Mandarin anymore, uh, probably. But he's fought these same characters for, you know, years and years and yeah, eventually ran out of ideas and had him fight Captain America. Um, so, again, you can't, you know, we're not saying you cannot do a campaign, but actually, if you think, right, I want to have the main big tropes of superheroes and maybe some of these work better in a one-off because actually I think sure. we start. Like if you go, like, so, it, so th- this is where, and I and I know you have. Well, we all have this. You, you
0: see the movie, you see the TV show, you read the book, and you're like, oh, I want to run this, because it's exciting and and, it, and the, the the contrasts are are deep and the colors are bright and it's this it its tropes turned up to eleven. That's what makes like a superhero movie, like Captain America, the First Avenger. That's what makes those movies so great because it grabs the tropes of the genre and it just cranks them up loud. And so we get excited about, I want to run a game like that. And then, but what you're saying, and I agree with you is okay, do it, but maybe recognize from the jump that this is only going to be X many sessions. We're going to tell this story. We're going to, we're going to do this movie. We're going to run a story arc as a movie. And then the movie comes to an end and the credits roll. And the story doesn't keep going because it it can't really keep going at that intensity. It's just that genre just doesn't lend itself to that. And you're right. You can add in these other things, but then you have to expect that you're probably not going to get the intensity. The tropes cranked up to 11. You just can't keep doing that. Whereas other genres, the, the tropes are such that they don't need to be cranked up so loud in order for you to feel it. And I yeah. think that's where things like fantasy and s- some kinds of science fiction, it's, it's, it, it's just different. And, it, yeah. it, and I it think
1: lends itself more to a longer campaign. You know, we can see this fact with the fact that superhero movies have become a big thing, but you know, I always had this thing about Batman. Oh, Batman could be a TV series. I think mean, the animated series was great and it ran on for years, but you look at the film, the kind of thing is, who's the bad guy in this film now, at the point where you have to come back and start reusing bad guys you've already used, yeah, unless they're super interesting in bad guys. I mean, that, you know, the reason Batman and Spider-Man are two of the most popular heroes, I think, is because they have the best, they have more interest in bad guys. I'm always amazed that Superman has survived as long as he has as an important character, because Superman's bad guys to me aren't interesting. Not, you know, other people are disagree, but to me, they're always like, mm, they're and I think a lot of heroes are only as good as their bad guys. And that's kind of where you're left with a really superhero good campaign. You have to keep coming up with really interesting bad guys. For but them it's still,
0: by- what you said, I think was very key. The, the, the bedrock of the superhero story is inherently reactive. Yeah. That the protagonist reacts to something that the antagonist does in order to restore the status quo. And that is a very, you, you can spit out stories like that. You can see where decades of comic books came with that, or through that, without all, without, uh, you know, lots of navel-gazing angst, like we see in so many things now. Some, but not, you know, not a, not a ton of it. Not a ton of character development, because that's a, that's a simple, that's just a, that's a mill. You know, you can just spit out stories like that. You know, what, what weird villain comes to town this week? Um, so again, so horror, tough because of what, it's, what the, the tropes require. Superheroes, same, same. And
1: what was the third that we want to use as an example? So you said, and I was half agreeing, was sort of spies. Like super spies. Espionage, yes. Yeah. So we're thinking, we're talking yeah, James Bond and, and Mission Impossible. Jason
0: Bourne, that kind of like over-the-top yeah. stuff.
1: Now, obviously, straight away, I said Mission Impossible, and Mission Impossible obviously originally was a TV show. Yes, it was. So Under Nimoy. Yeah. Um, at the same time, Mission Impossible is very, very old, and no one's tried to do anything like that for a very mm. long time. Yeah. Um, I think Alias would be the last espionage thing I can think of, and that's still pushing 20 years yeah. on. So. so it's not like people are really doing that anymore. Um, and it, it, it's not necessarily, it, it's kind of a similar thing to Supers. It's not as bad because although you can have reactive spies, I think you can have, you know, you're sent on a mission, go on this mission to investigate yeah. something. Um, I think the thing you said is that for for the superheroes to be not superheroes for the spy espionage thriller to be where it is, if you want it to be exciting, it's got to be again, it's the, kind of the horror thing, it's the high stakes. Yeah. Um, you want it to be, you know, the guy's gonna take over the world. You know, you want you want proper big plus. You don't have to, it doesn't have to be that crazy, but it needs to be pretty big. And if it's pretty big, it needs to be high stakes. Um, and if it's not high stakes and all of the people survive, I mean, you know, go back to the first Mission Impossible film, l- l- well, not the first, one. you know, the first of the Tom Cruise films. In the first 20 minutes of that film, they kill everyone, well, we think, except for Ethan Hunt. Everybody dies. Yep. And in all the Bond films, I mean, how many Bond girls and Bond sidekicks have been killed over the right. years? You know, Money, Penny, and, and well, not even, I was going to say Q survives, or M survives, but M didn't survive. They killed eventually. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers if no one's seen Spyfall. Um, but, you know, eventually they killed off M. So, you know, only Moneypenny is safe from, and I guess, Q. Uh, but they never leave, you know, MI6, so they should be safe at right. that time when they blew it up. Uh, but, you know, yeah, Bond, whoever, if you're Bond's mate or Bond's girlfriend or Bond's loving, well, you're probably going to die. I mean, that's that's another thing that actually makes the whole genre a bit weird, because reality, when we talk about Super spy, the thing everybody thinks of is... Is now Mission Impossible Ethan Hunt, it's Jace, James uh, Jason Bourne, Yes, yeah, Jason Bourne and James Bond. Yeah, they're all solo guys. They're not. They're not team things. Uh, Obviously, Mission they, Impossible they pull was. together.
0: They pull together specialists who who fill specific roles. But yeah. you're right. They're they are never. Uh, they're never truly ensemble casts. I know
1: now Mission they're, Impossible they're, things try to do that, but realistically, I mean, they killed a bunch in the first one. Now they have kept going back to a couple of characters that mm. have been in. Multiple Mission Impossible's, but you know, really. But there's never a
0: whole. There's never a whole lot of room for other fully realized no characters when Tom Cruise is in a movie. No, Tom Cruise are. movie. The focus is on Tom Cruise.
1: Yeah, and his that's running. That's just his thing. Because he's got to be running in a film. Otherwise, oh,
0: that's right, that's right. Him. And he has to be jumping off of something, and the camera is over his shoulder, and he's pumping his arms and legs. That actually is. I think that's a rider in his contract, like Van Halen and their No Brown M Ms pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. <laughs>
1: um, now, like you said something about, obviously, you could do a, a, like a slow burn, sort of espionage thriller, you know, like something set in the Cold War and something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, that's, that's feeble. But obviously, that's not really what we're talking about. We're talking about the crazy. Like super Gonzo
0: super spies. And I think yeah. the difference there, and this is maybe the difference with horror, is that you, you just, you have to turn the tropes down. You have to turn them down so that you're which means that you have to settle for as a norm, you're not gonna have like you can't always have Spectre trying to take over the world. No. But you could do espionage, you know, you you could do actually like a long-term Cold War spy thing would, you know, with with some elements of super spies here and there, I think would be would be pretty cool. But it would have to be it would have to be something, like I said, a slow burn um, with some degree of world building by the, the, the players. That is like agency and input into what they're doing, not just like working through your way through a like essentially a, an MMO that someone else has created. I think those are tough. Those three are really tough.
1: Yeah. But I mean, I actually, I kind of think this is a good thing in some ways because to me it's kind of like, you know, there are, there are certain things you want to see on film. I don't want to – some people do. I don't want to really see sort of drama and sort of I don't I don't go to watch the cinema to watch sort of drama and intelligence stuff because I'm a Neanderthal. I will go to the cinema to watch because it's on a big screen. So I want to see big stuff. I want to That's see a good point. action and explosion and sci-fi and special effects and stuff because TV, you know, decent drama works, whether it's on a big screen or a small screen. Mm. But big blockbuster popcorn movies work on a big screen. So that's the kind of stuff I want to see in the cinema and, and by the same thing, you don't want your role playing games to week after week, be crazy, big, massive, big things. So there's nothing wrong at right, We're going to play a 10 week run of a, uh, of a D and D style thing, a fantasy that's our TV show. And at the end of that, we're going to go and play a different thing. We're going to do a crazy big superhero, massive, big world ending, you know, stop the asteroid with our superpowers. And then we're going to go back to our TV show. And then there's going to be another big crazy one-off now, you know, it's like a palette cleanser. You get bored of running the same mm. characters week in, week out. Right, we're gonna play super spies and we're gonna stop the guy who's putting a laser on the moon to destroy America. You know, that's a that sounds to me like a clever way, because that's how films and TV work. People yeah. don't go to the cinema every single day. There's not enough films. Um, and if you all you ever did was watch the same kind of series again and again, you would get you would get bored. So to me, it's like, you know, the role play, if you can run a campaign for the same thing all the time. Brilliant. I, I can't. I get bored. But, mm, yeah, I've too. kind of come into this thought anyway that I don't need to run nothing but campaigns. I I went the opposite way. I was almost running nothing but one. Yeah, so, you, know, it's, it's, you know,
0: I think I think you make a really good point that looking at this from the standpoint of some things are great for movies and some things are great for, for TV series or book series. Yeah. Uh, and looking at your genres and your players and your story ideas and thinking what pairings would go best. And that a movie, I mean, and, you know, it's funny, you know, the, the, the idea of, you know, it used to be you go to the movie theater because that's where the great big sound and picture is. Well, that's not really the case anymore with home theater stuff, but still the idea of saying, okay, I'm going to go give two hours of my time and it's going to be this very compressed you know, experience where I'm going to get a lot. And like, again, the colors are going to be bright. The contrasts are going to be significant figuratively. And, and I expect that to be a big deal. I don't want subtlety. I want big deal. Give me a series for development and looking at this and saying, huh, this is the kind of story I want to run. Maybe it would work better for this. And that's fine. Not trying to, I mean, obviously, again, you're always going to have outliers and, you know, groups that are able to to do differently, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't sweat it. You know, I wouldn't get worried. Oh, I I really want to do this. or Oh, I have this great idea. You know, maybe, maybe it would be best to just treat it in the way that it's, um, that it works, that it seems to most, to work most naturally with
1: best. Yeah. And that's why I really we'll come right back to the start. That's why I love the fact that the alien role playing game, they went, look, you can play as a campaign if you want, but we are going to actually yep. aim it at this cinema. They call it the cinematics is yep. what we've just been saying that it's kind of the movies versus TV series. They had this cinematic setup and they released adventures for that. Now, obviously, you know, there are plenty of adventures which might be small things but what we get from yeah. you know wizards of the coast and paizo is these massive big long adventure paths they're designed to go you know level five to fifteen and they're meant to take months and months we don't see a lot of people going right well, i'm going to write massive big one-off things good point um which are designed for you know your characters might all die um but you know you're gonna it's gonna be big and epic and awesome and like i said i've i've played the aliens thing twice with pre-written adventures and both times we had an absolute blast mm-hmm. both times everyone died yeah I've, I've not had i don't run get tpks left right and center when i'm playing anything else um i have done it in a spy type thing millennium's end i think i took out an entire party but that was the player's fault um, not mine uh so yeah i think certain things do lend themselves and actually it'd be nice to see more businesses going we're gonna we're gonna do this. We're gonna say yeah. this. This is a one-off. We're not expecting you to take these characters on further. Um, we're expecting this to be a one and done. And, and go. or
0: or not not only these characters, but like and, and in the case of aliens, they've always have um, pre gens because they're made specifically for that story. In a, it's like a story in a fish tank, and that's where it's meant to take place. But um, you don't see that with you know, like say say fantasy. You don't see that with Fantasy where you get a a uh, you buy a module, not a campaign. You buy a module and there are pregens in it for it. And I remember yeah. there was a a horror game. There we go, horror game that I used to play back in the mid-80s called Chill. It was the original from this company called Setter, And Chill all of their modules which would have worked out to be like maybe two, maybe three, maybe, maybe four sessions. I'd say probably about three session uh, stories each. They all came with pregens, And of course the, the system had a character generation uh, system in it, but the the idea was that like, these are the characters that are, that, that we believe, like we made these for this story. So they work. So it's like you climb inside the fish tank, you have your adventures and then it's done. And if you don't want, you could use your own character, but that would be an interesting thing. Actually, that's what I'm doing with the, uh, the adventure, and I'm going to finish and submit it this week, uh, the one that I'm writing for Octon Cthulhu. Uh, Octon Cthulhu adventures don't have pre-generated characters. That's deliberate. This one will. And uh, they've said thus far that that's cool because my case was that given the timing and the setting, that is the actual, like, the, the context of where, where and when this takes place in the war... There's no way for people to port in their own characters, hmm. uh, and and on top of that too, there there are some things that the adventure needs, and it would makes it it makes sense within the story that these are the people who would do this job because of where they are and also because of who they are. So I'm providing five pregens. It's like here, do this adventure. You could you could come up with a way to use these characters elsewhere, but it's actually not meant for that. You definitely don't want to bring in anything. So I, I think that's kind of cool. Maybe that's something, maybe that's a niche. That's, that's a space that's missing right now. Instead yeah, of the what? assumption of buy thing, go forever or go for months, it's going to be buy thing and do it for three or four or five sessions
1: and it's going to be yeah. big. And we did actually see this in the last Marvel role-playing game, not the one that's coming out, the last one that came out. That's how they designed it. They had books, mm-hmm. you know, like the Civil War book. Oh, right. Yeah. Had a bunch of the heroes in it. And then, you know, it wasn't a massive... Okay, you could argue it was a campaign, but it, it was somewhere between a one-shot and a campaign because it wasn't that long. And, you know, there was kind of like chapter one, a couple of scenes, chapter two, a couple of scenes. But that was designed to play through with... Yes, you could use your own ones, but then you they had all the characters there to use it because at the end of the day, people want to use the you know, the, the proper characters in those kind of things. So that was designed for that. And of course, we only got that one adventure. And we, there was another storyline that we out the PDFs for and then, and then never released. So even, you know, so other people have occasionally crossed onto it. I mean, maybe it doesn't sell as well because who knows? People like, you you know, part of the thing of role-playing games is people like making their own characters. Um, but, you know, for certain things, maybe it is better. you. Uh, yeah. We have pre-gens and stuff. Or you find ways of... You know, one of the good things about these kind of things, you want a character that's the one that's going to betray the others. That needs to be written into that character Correct. at the start. Especially it. Alien, because that's exactly. all they do. Um, there's, and so then There's you need always, that
0: in, in Alien thus far, There's the uh, there's the betrayer, there's like the the deliberate the willful betrayer there is the um the morally weak character who will screw over everyone in the worst possible moment and then there's the drug addict or the drunk like (laughs) those i think that they have free leagues like well which one's going to be that like they have
1: they just pull those (laughs) off like orders on a menu like like, we're going to have each of those uh yeah um but if you haven't tried those go and try them. they're they're very different to any other role player you know just even from running it but just different a very different experience it, it it's great to be able to kind of go i don't have to worry about yeah. accidentally killing my players in fact i swung the opposite way i
0: hope you don't kill your players
1: oh, i said it again times i said um you know it's literally swing the opposite i'm gonna do everything i can to kill these characters
0: yeah just let it let, let it go <laughs> as it does um Okay, you know what? I think this is this is good because this actually gives me an idea with 2D20 world builders. You know, as a to maybe even to go with the game that I'm developing. Maybe carve this out like, hey, if you want to do campaign play, that's great. Here's a setting in which you can do things. But if you're interested in running, you know, or playing some deliberately short-term, call them high-volume uh adventures do that instead of this assumption of campaigns. So yeah, so, so
1: think about yeah. it. Makes you want to do a bug hunt. <laughs> yeah. Straight, straight up bug hunt on a thing. Big guns, huh. crazy marines. One of them is an well, alcoholic. Of course. And then
0: there's the, again, you all three. Well it's like in in uh I don't know I don't know if you have this because I'm not a I'm not a big consumer of like your old school British World War II movies. I don't mean World War II movies with British characters in them. I mean from like the British film industry, but from the American film industry, the, the old school, like up through the 60s or so, like the, the war movies that were made in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and then some later from the United States. It's like there's always, there's the Italian guy there's like the, he's the mouthy Italian guy from Brooklyn. There's always like the hick from the farm. There's always the, uh, like the weak in the knees intellectual. Uh, you know, there's, there's always the like the earnest um, preacher's kid. Like there is, there's certain, there's certain like uh, uh, stereotype characters that just get plugged in to every single squad or put on every ship or on every whatever
1: that didn't end in the 60s that's saving private right
0: oh i know oh my gosh i've said that for years i'm like wait a minute this is just like the sands of iwo
1: jima there's no wait a minute hold the phone here there's nothing new about this but maybe it's like if you make a world war ii film and well with an america you know with an american crew squad whatever and you yeah. don't have those stereotypes people will be like wait a minute, where's the italian I
0: know, where's the italian guy
1: Where's the mouthy, where's the hick who can shoot really well
0: and drops like, like folksy witticisms about tracking raccoons with his, with his pappy or something
1: like that. Where's the guy who's very religious and has a body with a cross and stuff.
0: You need like, what you need is, is the, like the earnest all-American boy. Oh, yeah. You need the egghead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. (laughs) All right. Uh, I think that does it. Yeah. Thanks as always for listening. After we stopped recording, we talked for a little while about, not genres, but two specific settings from literature and film, both from both literature and film, that we think are almost impossible to model at the table using rules as written and trying to model the setting in the story as presented in the books and the movies. That is what we're going to talk about next week. Thank you so much for listening. You can visit our show's homepage at anchor.fm slash fluff and crunch. That's F-L-U-F-F-N-C-R-U-N-C-H. We would really appreciate feedback and reviews on whatever podcasting platform you're listening to this on. Thanks so much.